Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I'm here with yet another high demand coach, and that is the one and only Elizabeth Solaru. She's a former scientist and headhunter, get this, turned business coach and strategist. She's honed her expertise in understanding luxury clients, having successfully set up and run the world-renowned and multi-award-winning Elizabeth's Cake Emporium and the Luxury Business Emporium. Elizabeth is the co-host of the Luxury Business Podcast and Luxury News Weekly Podcast and is considered to be a leading expert in the world of luxury selling. And she's here now. We were joking ahead of time because it's been like a year in making uh, trying to get. She's a very, very busy woman. Uh, and we we finally got her on the show. So, Elizabeth, I'm so excited to have you on. I'm so excited to dive into this world of luxury selling. But before we get there, I'd love to just kind of take a step back and say, Tell us a little bit about uh, what you were doing before getting into the world of selling and, and how did that ultimately lead you to make the leap? Gosh, um, a potted history. Again, started as a scientist. I worked in a lab. I was doing research, diagnostics, etc. Worked in a lab for about 13 years and then decided one day to go into the world of business, as you do. So uh, the logical thing for me to do was maybe do an MBA. I did that and I then uh, fell into headhunting because somebody through networking, someone who uh, who was very prominent was setting up his own company and he asked me to join it. So I became a headhunter and I began to understand um, C-suite executives, how they think, how their lifestyle, how they manage people, leadership, et cetera. And that was a fun job to do. So I did that for several years, um, then got seconded to a government department. And after that, I then decided to set up my own business because I you get to a milestone birthday and you think it's now or never. So I decided to set up a cake company, which is my dream when I was a child. And I did not think that selling cakes would land me where I am today because I I was literally selling cakes to billionaires and royal families and um, people I, I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams. So that got me closer to understanding um, how very high net worth, ultra high net worth um, people think. And then I began to notice that there are distinct types Because to many people, when you talk about high net worth people, they think they're all the same or they define them by money. 
I chose to define them by psychographics and psychological behaviors. I am not a psychologist um, by any means, but putting my scientist hat on, I was able to look through my data and then come up with different types and different definitions. And that's how I landed where I am today. Fascinating, fascinating. And so now uh, you're in this world of helping others to sell uh, into luxury spaces. And uh, so tell us a little bit, again, you use this phrase luxury selling, and this goes right into the, the point you made about there's different types here. So give us a definition. What what is What separates luxury selling versus kind of your standard sales? Okay. With luxury selling, it's more of a relationship. So It's actually not selling. And I know it sounds like um, an odd thing to say. You're actually not selling. So you're not giving them the hardcore sales or the pattern because many of them, before they come to you, because they're so time poor, they are actually pretty motivated. So if they're not motivated, don't even bother selling. Don't even bother showing them anything because they don't want to waste their time and you certainly don't want to waste their time. So by the time they come to you, they would have come through certain, either through a word of mouth referral or via social media. Yes, they are on social media if you know what to look for. Or they would have come through some random ad. Um, not, not, not a lot of them, but a few of them will come through some random ad. So they will come through something to get to you. And by the time they ask for a conversation, they're pretty motivated. It's just a question of, um, can we trust this person? Are they who they say they are? Um, is there a chemistry, et cetera, et cetera. So selling doesn't really happen as mm. such. It's more of, can I see this person in my circle? Can I see this person in my sphere? So it's more about that, um, yeah. essentially. So that, in a nutshell, is the difference between ordinary selling where you're trying to convince people, say you're a double window sales, uh, glazer salesman or something, and you're trying to convince people to buy from you. That's not the case at all. People would have made up their minds. Do do I trust this person? Do I believe this person? Can they deliver? And if the questions are yes, and there's also a question of um, depending on the luxury client, this item that I'm buying, is it going to make me look good? Is it going to give me cachet amongst my friends? Um, is it going to make me comfortable? Is it going to make me feel safe? So those are some of the questions. And that's some of the difference between ordinary selling and luxury selling. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say are some of the most common mistakes uh, that folks make early in their journey of trying to sell in the luxury space? They make it all about them or their product. So what do I mean by that? Yes, you've got to have a good product. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the best product in the world. And I know people are surprised when I say that because people think they've got to make the product as perfect and as amazing as possible. It's not about that. So some of the mistakes people make is not knowing the client type. So if somebody's in front of you and they are, so let's, I've identified about seven different types, but let's take a couple of types, for example. So let's take what I call a comfort first. They don't care about the money. It's more about, am I comfortable with this person selling and am I comfortable with the product? Um, So there's comfort first or safety first. And if I buy from this person, will they keep their mouth shut about selling to me? Because there are times I've sold to clients and I'm not allowed to 
again, I've signed NDAs. I'm not allowed to talk about them. I'm not allowed to talk about what I sold. Um, even if I, sometimes I travel, I take my, my cakes and I travel abroad. I'm not allowed to say where I am. I have to turn off my geolocation because for them, there's a real risk. There's a real security risk. Now contrast that, um, the, the, the safety first type of client with, um, an aspirational type of client. So aspirational client, um, yes, they have a little bit of money. They're not as rich, but, um, they have, uh, their heroes might be influencers. Their heroes might be uh, a business tycoon. So they're trying to aspire to that kind of lifestyle. So the language is completely different. So how you mm. sell to them is um, you might say, oh, XYZ has something similar or you, you're able to boast about people they look up to that you've sold to. So again, it's a different, it's a completely different way of selling. So yeah. those are sort of, so those are a couple of examples of how yeah. you sell to the different types of luxury clients. Right. Right. That's fascinating. So a question that I have, uh, and and I think your story is very helpful, and then uh some of what you're doing now, but how do you how do you move up market, right? Uh, was your first cake to a billionaire, or or was there a process of of kind of getting into those circles? And and how do you how do you make that transition? Okay, um, there definitely is a process of making that transition. Um, you have to make it happen. So I said earlier on, you've got to have a good product. But the problem is, it's not enough to have a good product. It's the marketing. It's the it's the elevation. So there are times. So this is what I say to people. The first thing you need to do is create because you you don't have don't wait for demand in order to create your product. So create the product. Um, I get asked, oh, what's the most expensive cake you've ever sold? That's the wrong question to ask. You should ask me, what's the most value you've created for a client? So what's the most value you've given? So some ways in which I did that was to literally create the most outrageous cake you've ever seen. Um, I, I use the principles of a couture house. So a fashion couture house will create a range of these incredible menswear, uh, women's wear for the catwalk. Knowing fully well that the couture range, there are probably only 50 women or 100 women in the world that can afford the couture, but they create this range in order to draw attention. But they also create other products. So your lipsticks, your perfume, your aftershave, etc., cetera, um, your, your, your um, accessories, it's actually what funds the couture line. But without the couture line, you don't get that publicity, the PR, the marketing, the branding, which positions you really, really well. So that is how you do it. You create something hot couture for whatever it is you're doing, something really, really high and just create mm. that, even if you don't sell it. And then you look at other products you can sell that will generate the money, that will generate the cash. Because at the end of the day, it's about cash flow. And this is where the bigger brands, um, the bigger luxury brands, because they have the money, they can actually pump a lot of money into creating the couture, into the marketing, the PR. And then when you've created that amazing product, you need to get the marketing around it right, the branding around it right. And you, you may need to get some sort of influencer, um, some sort of ambassador to really promote your product 
And then lastly, even amongst your colleagues in the industry, you need to be able to get them to say amazing things about you because that's where your recommendations are going to come from. So that in a nutshell, I mean, there's a lot more to the process, but that is a cherry picked um, little mm. canapé bite size of how you go about elevating yeah. your brand. Yeah. And uh, that can, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. It's worth it. But the question that I have is, is it worth it for everybody? Should everybody move up market or how do you know if it's right for you and, uh, and the business that you're trying to build? That's a brilliant question because, um, if we look at the different levels of any business, um, some people are, it might be worth it if you're a service provider, et cetera, et cetera, or if you produce a certain type of product to just be in the middle. Um, or to be, or even to be in the volume market, because if it's not in, if it's not too much trouble, it doesn't take too much time, and you can really whip out your products or your services. There's no point in moving upstream because mm. upstream is a lot difficult. Yes, it's worth it because um, it's worth it because not just the money, but the cachet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you need to really, really be honest with yourself and say, is it worth the, the, the return on investment? Is it worth it? Because with a luxury brand, you might not see return for a few years. And can you hold on while that's happening, while you're trying to make that happen? However, if there's um, at a lower level, if you can get the volume and you can literally get the money in and it's easy. And I always talk about ease then definitely um, do that because the client expectations at a lower level is not that high. Mm. And by adding one or two little things, by doing some tweaks, you can give the impression of a high-end product when it actually isn't. So something I call mastage because um, I'm writing a book and I'm talking about the different luxury brand types. Mm. And some people stay at the mastage level and don't go to the premium or ultra prestige level um, because the mastage, if you can, then do it. A bit like Nike. Nike is mastage. Yes, some are more expensive than others, but any average person can still walk into Nike and get a good quality sneaker. So again, it's the same principle. Yeah. And uh, so let's say someone's made the decision, they're going to go into it. Um, what kind of mindset shifts do they need to make about the process uh, that that will help them accelerate their movement forward and keep them from getting tripped up along the way? That's, again, another brilliant question, because it's all to do with mindset and confidence. And one, you need to believe so much in your product, but you also need to know the flaws of your product. And you need to be very open about, in fact, you can actually make a virtue of those flaws because in luxury, things are not necessarily perfect. It's not about attaining perfection. It's about sometimes making a virtue of those flaws. So you need to have a mindset shift with that. So that's the one area I coach clients on. The second area is on price because many people still price too low. And then many people go the other way and they overprice. So again, I teach about the different types of pricing. There are seven different types and I've tried all seven. And the, the most important pricing is the value-based pricing. And there's a saying that luxury sets the price. And to many people, 
is a scary thing to suddenly add another zero to your pricing. Mm. So how do you feel? You know, you need to feel very comfortable about it so that when you tell people your price, you do not blink. So even if people are trying to get you to justify your pricing, which some clients will, and you have to be ready to justify your pricing um, and the value that you're providing, et cetera, et cetera, but you have the confidence to do so. But where many people fall down is that they haven't got the confidence to do so. So mm-hmm. those for me, uh, to briefly answer your question, are the two mindset shifts that people need to make when it comes to selling luxury. Yeah. I'm fascinated by uh, this concept of making virtue, uh, making virtue out of a flaw. Could you give us an example of that, maybe from your past or one of the clients you've worked with? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm lucky because um, I what I do is artistic. So because what I do is artistic, even when I make a mistake. So it's it reminds I use the principle, um, the Japanese principle of, of I think, Kintsugi, it's called. And it's essentially when you have a broken plate, you glue it together, but along the crack line, you line it with gold. And then you have this incredible, beautiful looking plate and people don't even know that actually it was where where it cracked or where it broke. So yeah. that's the that's the easy except the explanation. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying the product um, that you produce must be functional. In fact, super functional, but in terms of everything else, um, any 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 little um, any little flaws, you need to make a virtue. So you need to um, not hide them away, but highlight them with gold, as the Japanese do. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Fascinating. So uh, there's so much in here. And I, I wonder if you could just kind of bottle it up for us. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to ask a question I like to ask all of our guests. Uh, and it's this. What's the biggest secret that you wish wasn't a secret at all, you, especially in this world of luxury selling? What's that one thing that you wish everybody knew? I really wish people knew that all you have to do is pick up the phone and ask. Um, people's because of technology, we we slide into people's DMs, we send them emails, uh, we don't do the things that we should do, i.e., pick up the phone. Because when you pick up the phone and speak to a human voice, there is when people call me or when I call people, you can hear people's either people are happy or they're sad or fearful or they're nervous, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a connectedness there. Um, that makes people sometimes uh, they would say yes to you because they know it's it's brave to pick up the mm-hmm. phone and call someone you don't know um, to ask. And I do that if I want to collaborate with someone who is way bigger than me. And I've done that. I've collaborated with massive um, brands, massive um, luxury brands. The best thing to do is pick up the phone and do that. And I have an amazing story of how I ended up working for the late Queen Elizabeth. I ended up working with her cousin, who is Lady, her her name's Elizabeth, by the way, Lady Elizabeth. I ended up working for her um, because I literally picked up the phone and I was, it was right place, right time. They were looking for a cake maker. They tried several cake makers. I just happened to call and then I delivered samples a couple of days later and I ended up having a relationship and working with her. And she was a queen's cousin. And that's how I kind of got into, again, the high-end world, one mm. of the ways I got in. So my point is, if don't be afraid to pick up that phone and just talk to someone. Even if it's a no, 
it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, so true, so true. Uh, the last question I have, and then I'd love to make sure folks know how they can get in touch with you uh, here before we wrap up. But before we get there, I'm going to have you take off your coach hat for a moment, your strategist hat, put on your CEO hat, kind of jump down into the ring with the rest of us and talk to us, what's the next stage of growth look like for you and your business? And what challenge do you think you'll have to overcome to get there? Gosh, um, I, for me right now, I'm thinking about um, automation because I do want to grow the business. I'm thinking about automation. Um, I'm thinking about writing a book about all this because there are amazing lux books on luxury out there, but they're written from the perspective of a massive luxury brand, uh, of people who have lots of money. But for people like me who started from nothing, there's literally nothing out there and nobody hardly talks about luxury clients. So there's, so that's another stage of growth for me, putting myself out there mm. and putting my, you know, having my thoughts that are going to be on paper judged. So automation, there's that. And then my speaking career is also taking off. So again, that's another stage of growth for me because there's no CEO. And again, I know this from being a headhunter, there's no CEO or C-suite executive that doesn't give speeches or present because that's how you inspire. That's how you grow your team. That's how you train your team and coach your team. So there's something about going out there, speaking, having your thoughts out there that again, signifies another stage of growth for me. So though that in a nutshell is what I'm thinking about in terms of my growth. That's fantastic. That's very exciting. Uh, can't wait to hear more uh, out of the world as as you get this, hopefully this book out there, you get on your speaking tour. Uh, if you come by this side of the pond, uh, please look us up. We'd love to connect with you then. But uh, before I let you go, uh, there's some folks that are listening and it's like, this is just opening up idea after idea after idea for them. And, and, and they know it's exactly what they need. How can they get in touch with you? Um, if you can find me on LinkedIn, Elizabeth Solaru. Um, LinkedIn is and connect with me there. And because that's the platform I've chosen this year to share a lot of my thoughts and articles and ideas on the luxury business. So um, yeah, that's, that's where I would love for people to connect with me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on the show. It's just an absolute pleasure having you here. And for those of you listening and watching today, you know your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did. And I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. 
If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.